Well, amen, you may be seated. How true it is. What a beautiful name is the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name. Take your Bibles this morning, and if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. I heard about a guy who was minding his own business, sitting in a restaurant, eating his meal, his supper, and he was sitting at a, kind of like a bar stool, and all of a sudden a bigger guy than him came over and just didn't know him at all, but he gave him a karate chop right across the neck, and he said to the guy while he was laying on the ground, he said, that's karate, got that in Japan. Well, the guy laid there for a little bit, he got up, and he came back and sat on his stool again and started eating after he came, you know, got everything together, and 15 minutes later, same guy came over to him, and he picked him up off the bar stool and threw him around and threw him on the ground, and he said, uh, that's judo, got that in Japan. And the guy laid there for a little bit, and Couldn't figure out what in the world that was all about, but he'd had enough, so he got up and he walked out the door of the restaurant. But about a half hour later, he came back, and he walked up to the big guy who was sitting at his table, and he whacked him upside the head with a crowbar, and he said, that's a crowbar, got that at Sears. (laughs) Well, today I have something for all of us. And it's a wake-up call. Got that in Romans 13. Two weeks ago, I started a series, and it just kind of happened to fall that I preached two weeks ago. I was gone last Sunday preaching today. Chad will be preaching and speaking next Sunday, and I'll finish this up two weeks from today. But I started two weeks ago in a short series called Jesus and Me, in 2023. And I guaranteed you, if you remember, I guaranteed you spiritual success in 2023 if you would do three things. The first thing I shared with you was to choose to live for Jesus, to make that choice, to choose to say, I choose you, Lord. I'll be honest with you, Uh, In both services, the amazing majority of people at the invitation stood and said, I choose Jesus. I personally didn't even see anybody that was remaining in their seat. Maybe you were, I didn't see you, and that's fine. It's between you and God. But what a sight it was to see the majority of people stand and say, yes, I choose in 2023 to live for Jesus Christ. And that is the start of success, spiritual success in 2023, to make the choice to choose the Lord. But there's a second step in guarantee, the guaranteed process of success. And that is not only to choose to live for Jesus But today I want to encourage you to take the second step, and that is not only to be living for Jesus, but to be looking 
for Jesus Christ to come back in 2023. A.W. Tozer, the great scholar and the great preacher of years gone by, said this, and I quote, he said, what is the present condition of the evangelical church? The bulk of Christians, he said, are asleep. He said, I do not mean that the bulk of Christians who come to evangelical churches are not converted. Because if I meant that, I would say that they were dead and never had been born again. But I say that they are asleep. He said, it is possible to be morally asleep and yet mentally, intellectually, physically, and theologically alert. And then he finished that statement by this. The present condition, he said, is that we are asleep. That is why Paul said in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, he said, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Why, Paul? Why do you tell us to wake out of sleep? He said, because... Our salvation, the coming of the Lord, is nearer than when we believed. That is what I want to do for us today. I want to challenge you, and I want to challenge myself to wake up out of our sleep by expounding on a passage of Scripture that Jesus Christ himself shared. And that is, in Matthew chapter 24... Let's begin reading in verse 36. But of that day, the day of the coming of the Lord, and of that hour knows no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before, the flood, they were eating and they were drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came. And they took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for we know not what hour the Lord cometh. But we do know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered or allowed his house to be broken into. And now he comes to the climax and he says, therefore, I've, I've given you all this, so therefore be you, be ye also ready. Because in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Do you want to be ready when the Lord comes? You want success in 2023 spiritually? then I hope you made the choice two weeks ago that you would be one who would be living for Jesus. But then very next step in your heart and in your life, I promise you, is to not only choose to be living for Christ, but to make the choice that you're going to be looking for Jesus Christ to come back. 
Three simple things that will help you today. Number one, the promise of his coming. Christ made the promise over and over and over again that he would return. Jesus made the promise that he would come back, not only on a certain day, but he's got a certain hour that he's coming. Now, Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 tells us something, and that is that the day nor the hour knows no man. Hey, not even the angels in heaven know when Jesus is coming back. It's a sealed mystery known only to the Father. But one thing we do know, although we don't know when he is coming, we know that he is coming. He is coming again. Hey, listen to a few promises from his word, would you? Let let me just uh, share with you a few verses that, that tell us that Jesus said, I am coming back again. I'm coming back for my saints. Luke chapter 21, verse 27. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Acts chapter 1, verse 11, the Bible says that those who had come to see Jesus, they didn't know he was going to ascend to heaven. They just knew he was, uh, had risen from the tomb, and they were there, and he was speaking, and all of a sudden he was taken up from him into heaven. And the Bible says that the angel said, why do you stand there gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which was taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He is coming again. Luke chapter 12, verse 40, be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Revelation chapter 16, verse 15, behold, Jesus said, I come, and I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth. Blessed is he that, you ready? keepeth his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame James chapter 5 verse 8 be also patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws nigh Revelation 3:11 behold Jesus said I'm coming and I'm coming in this fashion I come quickly what does that mean I come suddenly hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, in other words, all the book of Revelation, the book that he says is about me, Jesus said, surely I come quickly, amen. What's amen mean? So be it. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Friend, there are so many promises regarding Jesus Christ in the word of God. Do you you understand that? There are so many prophecies. In other words, so many promises. But did you know that of all those promises about his first coming, it is said there are over 300 prophecies of the the first coming of Jesus Christ. Did you know that there are more than three times the prophecies and promises of his second coming than there were of his first? I'm telling you, we can trust in the promises of God. Every single promise that has ever been recorded in the Bible has come to pass or will yet come to pass. So I'm just here to tell you that 
No matter where your spiritual condition is and no matter who your name, uh, what your name is or who you are, I'm just telling you that God's Word gives us the promise that He is coming again. And if you want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ with success in 2023, if I really want to live with success in 2023, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll be looking for the return of Jesus Christ. The promise of his coming. But what's the portrait of it? By that I mean, what, what is the picture of the world going to look like around the time when Jesus Christ is going to come back? Now, we don't know the time he's coming back, and we don't know the hour that he's coming back, but we do know some things. We have some signs of what the time will be like when he comes back. Meteorologist. Um, They uh, study the atmospheric patterns and they can tell us uh, what's going to come and what kind of weather there is. Now, they come close. They don't always get it accurate, but they normally come close. And I knew that there was supposed to be some snow, but I didn't know it was supposed to be like this. And all I know is that those guys know a whole lot more than I do. And what do they do? They study the, the signs. Did you know that Matthew 24 tells us that when Jesus returns, it will be like the times or the days of Noah? In fact, it's interesting. That's Matthew 24. It says it will be like the days of Noah. But in Luke chapter 17, it says that when Jesus returns, it will be like the days of Lot. And I'll tell you why that's really interesting. Noah lived in pornographic society. Lot lived in a perverted society. So I want to look at some of the signs of the times. Let's look at some of the signs of the times of what it'll be like when Jesus does come back. The first thing I want you to notice is it'll be a time of advancement. Now hang with me, okay? It'll be a time of advancement. Did you know that in Genesis chapter 4, it tells us that in Noah's day, they were filled with intelligent people? Hey, don't ever get the idea that back in, in early days that man was like, uh, you know, cavemen walking around. And No, I want to tell you what. They were not ignoramuses at all. They were super intelligent people. They knew how to build their furnaces. They knew how to make brass. They knew how to build foundries and the tools of machinery. These people were high-level people of civilization. High-level people. You know, I went over to Israel, and, and uh, some of the things that I saw were absolutely amazing. Some of the things that they built We think we have so much over on them. If you've been anywhere over in Israel or even Greece, man, you know that's just not true. The excavation that they've dug down and seen and the things that they can show us now and the things that were built so many centuries ago. It was a day in Noah's day where they were filled with intelligent people that was a time of advancement. Now I want you to think of our day today. Our world is crammed with scientists. The microchip. The computer. Absolute unbelievable intelligence in our world today. 
Some of you that are way up in years, you remember when maybe you were a kid that uh, maybe your parents or grandparents, they had the horse and buggy days. Now we've unlocked the secret of the atom. I mean, we have sent men to the moon. I mean, the space shuttle, it says, circles the earth at 17,500 miles per hour. Can you even grasp it? It'll be a time of advancement. But I want you to notice also, it was a time of apostasy. Apostasy simply means a a turning away, a falling away. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, listen to this verse. It says, the Lord says that the wickedness of man in the time of Noah was so great on the earth and that every imagination of a man's heart was evil continually. You know what they had done? They had turned away from the faith. That's what they had done. They'd turned away from the faith. The faith that was delivered to Adam. The faith for which Abel was martyred. The faith for which the prophet Enoch had preached. It was all, in Noah's day, it was all disappearing. People were falling away and they were turning away from the truth. And you know what Paul said? Listen, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul said, in the last days there shall be a departing from the faith. People will depart from the faith. They'll be giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They'll be speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Friend, I'm telling you, listen to me. We're living in those days of apostasy today. Apostasy. A turning away from the truth. The days of Noah were days of advancement. The days of Noah were days of apostasy. The days of Noah, it was a time of adultery. Matthew 24, verse 38 tells us that it was a day of marrying and giving in marriage. And I know when you read that, you think, okay, well, okay, yeah, I understand. It would always be that way. But it also has the connotation that it was also a day of adultery and abnormality. Did you know that the statistic tells us that people today in this society that we live, the ages 18 to 44, it is said that 59% of people from 18 to 44 have lived with an unmarried partner. 59%. We live in a day today of homosexuality and the transgender movement, and people have embraced it. And if you even speak out for the cause of Christ against it, you will be ostracized and taken to the mat. Just ask Tony Dungy, who maybe made a statement. Maybe it wasn't exactly the way that he should have made it. But thank God for high-profile people who will speak out against the perversion of our day. 
Do we have compassion? We better. Had we better stand for truth? We better. The days of Noah were days of adultery and abnormality. In 2021, it is said that 42,000 minors, minors, were diagnosed with gender dysphoria. 4,780 minors were put on puberty blockers. Let me, let me just tell you, the stories are too numerous to share and too shocking, but let me just share a few things with you. In the day that you live right now, the day that your kids are growing up in, the day that they are being told that if you stand against it, that you ought to be just knocked out. Let me give you a few facts. A teacher in California helped a five-year-old kindergartner announce to their classmates their gender change. A mom in Los Angeles claims that the teacher manipulated her 11-year-old to change her identity or her gender identity. In the UK, over in England, students are now told to stop calling their teachers Mr. or Mrs. in order to have gender-free education. Seminars in how to speak to gender-free topics, gender identity according to body, gender identity according to what your head tells you, Uh, Does that work for you? All the different seminars. Listen, it's being taught to seven and eight-year-olds. Gender identity, they are told, is what you feel inside and how you show what you feel inside. You do that by your dress. And they're being taught that. Friend, listen. You say, man, are you being insensitive and uncompassionate? Listen listen to me. And I want to say this to you, young, to the young. There are young who are growing up in churches like ours who are accepting what the secular, unsaved world tells you and rejecting what God's Word says. Should we preach it with hate? Absolutely not. Should we hold it with a dogmatic type of spirit that shows hate? Absolutely not. But we better hold to God's truth. And I'm telling you, when you depart from God's truth, you get involved in days of apostasy, of falling away, and of falling away is always so very dangerous. Friend, listen, the world cannot change God's law. What the world can do is break God's law. It was also a time of apathy. Are you still with me? Genesis chapter 6 verse 3 
God said, my spirit will not always strive with man. My spirit will not always strive with man. You see, God's spirit had been seeking the people in Noah's day. God's spirit had been warning the people of Noah's day. God's spirit had been wooing the people of Noah's day. Their hearts, however, God's word says, their hearts were like stone. They were so proud of their art. They were so proud of their accomplishments. They were so proud of their culture and their achievements. Friend, this was the day of Noah. They married, they gave in marriage, they ate, they drank, they lived, but they knew not until the flood came. That's what it says. They knew not until the flood came. They were mocking and laughing and scorning and dancing and amusing their way into oblivion. Now, I want to ask you a question to everyone. Does this remind you of any other age? Does this not remind you of today? A time of apathy. It was also a time of announcement. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 13, it says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come. It's, it's done. God said, I, I'm done. I, it, it's over. In verse 17, And behold, I, God said, even I do bring a flood of waters upon this earth. I am, it's done. The time has come. It's over. The flood's coming. God warned. And you know what else God did? He warned, and he also used a preacher by the name of Noah. Noah was a builder, and Noah was a preacher. And God used Noah as he preached. Before the flood, there was no excuse for the people not knowing that God was going to intervene. That's what Noah did day in and day out. He preached, he shared, he called the people to repent of their sin and their condition. Let me tell you something. God does not leave himself without a witness. God doesn't leave himself without a witness. I'm telling you, today there are preachers all across this world. All across this world. Preachers, I'm talking, yes, I talk often about how the, the church and how the pastors have fallen away themselves and they'll get up and it's more entertainment than it is God's Word and all of the rest. But I'm also telling you that there are, 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 is preaching of the gospel of Jesus like never has been preached before. Think about it. You can go anywhere in this country and turn on a radio and find a Christian radio station. You can go home today and you can find preachers, David Jeremiah, Tony Evans, whoever, you can find them preaching the Word of God on television. You can go and think about satellite today and think about uh, just the, the books that are written and, and the, the phones that so you don't even have to order the hardback books and you can just get it up and, up and download it on your phone and the internet and social media. Listen, it's amazing. I was in Africa a number of years ago and I saw homes had no running water but they had the internet on their phone. I'm just telling you, you can hear preaching anywhere and everywhere all across the world. 
And yet, this generation that you and I live in, this generation goes merrily on its way for the most part. Jesus said in verse 38, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And notice the next phrase, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. It, it, just, it, it just really rocks me. And yet they knew not. How, how in the world can that be for decades Noah preached and he shared and he preached and he preached and it says they knew not but you know what's still interesting hey hang with me on this one they were still every single one of them held accountable they were all held accountable they were held accountable not by uh, Noah they were held accountable by the court of heaven What were they held accountable for? For their ignorance of God. For their ignorance of uh, of salvation. For their ignorance of their lost condition. For the ignorance of the signs of the times. Somebody said the problem in America today is apathy, but who cares? Now I'm asking you a question. Most of you all stood two weeks ago. I mean, there are times where I'll give an invitation and I expect a whole lot of people to make decisions and they don't. And then there's other times where I give an invitation and expect some to make decisions and the overwhelming majority do. It's not up to me. I don't know anything, but it was an amazing sight. And I'm asking you if you were one who stood or maybe you weren't even here, If you really want success in 2023, then understand the promise of His coming. Understand the picture and the portrait of what it's going to be like and the times of His coming. And I want to give you one more thing, and that is we need to have passion for His coming. Notice verse 42. Jesus gives all of these things. He tells them that he's coming back. He gives them the promise. He says that it'll be like the days of Noah. And then all of a sudden, he tells them, therefore, because I've given you all this, I've given it to you for a reason. (coughs) He says, watch. Watch, therefore, because you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have allowed his house to be broken into or broken up. Therefore, be ye ready, because at such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Hey, you want to be passionate about his coming this year? And I'm telling you, if you'll be passionate about the coming, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ in 2023, if he comes, you'll be ready. If he comes, you'll be watching. 
There's two things that we need to know. The watchfulness or the wakefulness. Christ will come at an uncertain time, and that's why you and I must be and we need to be awake. Now, I understand. Everybody look at me a minute. I, I, I get this. I can remember as a teenager sitting and, and listening to guys preach on subjects like this. And, and now, you know, it's been decades and he had come. I know what's that, what that's like. But I want you to think with me, when I say that the signs of the time reveal the coming of Christ, I want you to think with me. First of all, what is it going to be like? Well, Jesus said, it'll be like a sweet Christian mother preparing a meal in the kitchen, and all of a sudden Jesus comes and she's taken. Here's a dad mowing the grass, and Jesus comes and he's taken. Here's a little girl in her bedroom, and she's playing with her dolls and taken. Here's a son uh, uh, getting, he's on deck, getting ready to bat in the Little League, and all of a sudden he's taken. Here's a Christian pilot flying a plane. Jesus comes, and he's taken. All I got to say is they better pray, the people in the back better pray that the co-pilot is lost. (laughs) Here's a man on the interstate driving his car. Jesus comes and he's taken. Millions missing. Millions missing from the earth. Can you imagine? Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And he says that the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Friend, I'm telling you, you want to be passionate? about the return of Jesus Christ, then be watchful. The second thing, be ready. The consequence of being watchful is that we will have a continual expectation. Christ will come at an unexpected time. We've already established that on the words of Christ. So we better be ready. And yet I believe, and I'm sure you understand, that many, many Christians will be caught lukewarm. There'll be so many Christians who profess to know Jesus who will be cold. There'll be so many Christians who will not even be in church. They won't be coming to get the fellowship. Listen, you know what Hebrews tells us? That the closer the return of Jesus Christ gets, the more faithful we better be in the services of a local church. Why? Because the fellowship is so necessary and needed. Christ is coming at an unexpected time. Too many, however, will be caring more about their finances caring more about their pleasures, their vacations, their trips, their things, their self. Even though the events of the world are casting a shadow 
of the Lord's return. Even though everything seems to point to the return of Jesus Christ. You say, how, how, do, how do things point to the return of Christ? Listen, if, this, if mankind has been in existence for 6,000 years, it's only been in the last six or seven decades that Israel is back now into the promised land. 1948. You say, well, that's so long. No, no. In the history of mankind, that's in our day. The return of Israel to the promised land. The state of Jerusalem today. People say, man, all these things are happening in America, and the Lord must be soon to come back. I want to tell you, if you want to know the return of Jesus Christ, take your eyes off America and put them on Israel. That's where the time clock really is. The drawing together of the European powers. Think about it. And if you know anything about eschatology, the study of the end times, you know that all these things are signs of the times, the apostasy of the profession Christianity. I've never in my lifetime seen apostasy like today. The threat of nuclear power. Depending on who you listen to and who you believe, it is said that about 25,000 nukes are scattered across the world. The awakening of China. You say, well, what's that get to do with anything? Again, go back to the book of Daniel, study chapter 9, go back to the prophetic books of the Old Testament, and you know that China is a big deal in the end times, as well as Russia. A question for everyone to ask, when you ask, are you ready? The first question is, how do you get ready? How can I be ready? Number one, are, are you saved? Are you positive that you're a child of God? In the decades that I've been preaching here, I have no desire to make people doubt their salvation who are truly saved. I don't want you to live like that. That's no way to live. But I want to tell you, the Word of God says to everyone in a church, examine yourselves to see if you are really in the faith. Are you positive you're a child of God? Teenager? Are you sure? Young adult, middle-aged adult, you adults who have been going to church for decades, are you sure you're saved? Number two, are you striving to live without sin? Or is sin not that big of a deal to you? Uh, you know, I'm, I do what I want to Monday through Saturday, and I'll come to church, and I'll feel guilty, but Monday's coming tomorrow. If that's you, friend, you're not ready. Are you serving? 
God's Word is jam-packed with verses that tell every one of us that we should not be sitting, but we should be serving the Lord. Friend, are you ready if Jesus comes back today? Tony Evans worked in a machine shop for four years before he went into ministry. He worked beside a guy by the name of George. George was a born-again child of God, and George, he would sing hymns and he'd whistle hymns. You know, whenever I hear somebody whistle today, it gets my attention because when I was a kid, I heard a lot of people whistle. I never hear anybody whistle anymore. But old George, he'd whistle hymns. And one late Friday, 10 minutes before quitting time, Tony said to George, he said, hey, George, are you ready? And George said, "Uh uh-huh. Tony said, man, you can't be ready. Look at you, man, you're not ready. You You got dirt all over your coveralls. You're not ready. And George said, hey, Tony, come on over here. Let me show you something. He took his coveralls and the zipper up here, and he zipped them all the way down. And underneath were the neatest, cleanest clothes. He said, you see, Tony, I stay ready to keep from getting ready. And then he said, just like I stay ready for Jesus to come back. There's going to be an examination day. For those who are lost, it's called the great white throne judgment, where everyone who has never opened their heart to Jesus will be cast in the lake of fire. For the child of God, there's another time, the earlier time, called the judgment seat of Christ, where every single one of us will give an account before Jesus of how we lived our life once we accepted him. Bobby Welch was a great preacher. He pastored a church for years in Daytona Beach, Florida. But early in his life, before ministry, he was in the Vietnam War. He was a Green Beret. In the war... He ended up wounded, shot, and they literally thought he was dead, and they threw his body on a heap of other dead bodies. Miraculously, he was not dead. And miraculously, a helicopter was flying over just in time, and somehow they recovered his body, and he lived. And in his testimony, Bobby Welch shared that he knew that he was a child of God, but he knew he was not ready to meet God. He said, I really thought I was going to die. He said, I saw that orange ball of fire coming at me. It hit me in the chest, and I fell back, and blood began to come out of my mouth. He said, I thought I was going to die. And somebody said, were you afraid to die? Here's what he said. He said, no, I was not afraid to die, but I sure was ashamed to die. Oh, he'd been saved when he was young, but he sure wasn't living for Jesus. 
I wonder how many of us say we're saved, but if Jesus were to come back today, we'd be embarrassed. If we stood before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, we'd be so ashamed because we wasted the one life that God gave to us in order to make a difference for his kingdom. Heard the story of a man who was walking down the beach. And he found washed up on the sand a magic lamp. And man, he thought it was his golden day. <laughs> when the genie approached the man, he told the man that this was an old, old lamp and there was only one more wish in that lamp. The man pondered for a while and he thought for a while. He said, I got one wish. Jeannie said, yep, one wish. And all of a sudden, his face lit up. And he said to the genie, I know what I want. I want a newspaper that is dated exactly one year from today. In a puff of smoke, the genie was gone, but there was a newspaper in his lap. And what was he so excited about? He knew he had it made. He could now invest in the stock market knowing the winners and the biggest winners for the year to come. And as he was so excited, the paper fell in his lap over to the other side of the obituary column only for him to find and see that his name was at the top of the list. Christian, I'm telling you today that it's time. It's time. It is time to wake up. You want to know how we wake up? We wake up by looking up. And as we look up and wait for the return of Jesus Christ, there's no doubt we'll be living for Christ. You want success in 2023? Then may God help you and me to wake up. Uh, do you remember when Jesus was about to go to the cross? And he told his disciples to come to the garden with him. And he pulled aside three of them. And he said, I want you guys to watch. And I want you to pray. He came back and he found them sleeping. They were tired. He said to him, guys, I need you to watch. And I need you and want you to pray. And he came back a second time. And they were sleeping again. Finally, third time they're sleeping away. He said, get up. Opportunity is over. And he went out to the entrance of the garden to be arrested. You want to know what Jesus says to us today? He says, watch and pray and look up. 
He says, Christian, your redemption draweth nigh. Get ready. Look for me. Because in such an hour when you think not, Jesus said, I'm coming. All I can ask you this morning is, are you ready? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. My friend, my question to you today is, are you truly, sincerely, honestly ready? Teenager, I'm asking you, you think you've got the rest of your life to live? Think again. My question is, are you ready? Singles, my question to you, are you watching? Are you looking up? Saint of God, you've been saved for 40 years. Have you found yourself in an apathetic stupor? Just going through the motions? Get ready. so glad that you joined us today on our online campus. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ to receive Christ as your personal Savior, or if you decided that you wanted to be all in for Jesus Christ, we would love for you to click the share button so that we can rejoice with you and even pray for you. Thank you so much for joining us on our online campus today, and we trust that you'll join us again soon.